following program is presented by Tracy Austin of New Mentality PC and Mental Edge Fitness Solutions. Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody, you are listening to Mental Fitness Matters. I am your host, Tracy Austin, and this show is designed to improve your mental health and mental fitness by giving you tips, strategies, and solutions. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about one of the most important topics, especially right now, and that is going to be the mental health of our teenagers, teenage mental health. And um, as adults, we all know what it's like. We've all been through that phase of growth, change, and emotional development. And that can be an awkward and challenging time mentally, physically, socially, and emotionally. So we want to make sure that we are talking about some of the things that are going on um, from a teenager's perspective. And as a licensed clinical mental health counselor and a mental fitness consultant, I get this question all the time from my parents and our clients. They want to know, is this just normal teenage behavior or is there something else going on? And I think that's a great question. Is this normal teenage behavior or is there something else going on? And that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to talk about how can we detect if there are some mental health issues going on for our teenagers or is it just normal teen behavior? And when I think about what parents are going through, not only parents, but people there in, their, in the field of school counselors, teachers, coaches, raising or coaching or parenting a child is not easy. It's not an easy job. And it gets harder as they get older, especially as they go into these adolescent years. So being and keeping an open mind is going to be very important as we kind of go through this topic. There are no instruction manuals on how to parent your child correctly, whatever that looks like. Um, so it's it's really good for you to take a pause and just be open-minded as we kind of talk through some of the things you may be noticing or experiencing with your own children at home and, and keeping an open mind so that you can be available to what they may be saying out loud or what they may not be saying at all, but displaying in emotions and behaviors. And so I encourage you guys, if you're a parent right now listening to this, um, make sure you go back. I encourage you to, to grab your teenagers up and go back and play this back, whether that's on podcasts, you can go to TracyAustin.com, um, listen to the podcast, or if you're on YouTube or visit this Facebook Live. But allow your teens to be in on this conversation. Uh, is This is just as important for them to begin to understand some of the things they may be experiencing themselves, not only for you to kind of understand what you're noticing and seeing, but for them to be in on this conversation. And parents, don't try to make this a homework assignment. Don't make them kind of pull up beside you like it's a chore or something that they have to do because you're going to probably get the eye roll. They're going to take a deep breath, stomp off. They're not going to want to do it, especially if it's something that you're listening to. They're going to probably be like, yeah, I'll pass on that. Um, so make it just bring it up in a way that seems more they might accept it a little bit more. Just let them know. I want you to pull up this podcast. Maybe we're riding in the car. Turn on the podcast. Mental Fitness Matters and say, I listened to this cool ladies show today. Make sure you say cool, because if you say anything else, they might not listen. Make sure you say, I listened to this cool ladies radio show today on her podcast called Mental Fitness Matters. And she did a show on teenagers, mental health and emotions. And she talked about better ways for me to understand you and your emotions. And what I realized from listening to her is that I can do a better job of listening to you. I 
can do a better job of giving you the space that you need at times. I can always, I don't have to always worry and take things to the worst case scenario with everything that we talk about. I can find ways to give you the freedoms and improve the relationships and the things that you're asking for. I can do a better job of trusting you and trusting us to improve our relationships. Doesn't that sound cool? So they may give you a blank stare. They may say, yeah, that does sound pretty cool. But one thing you did there when you said that to them was you took responsibility and ownership and said, you know what? I can do some things different to open up the conversation so that we can have a conversation and dialogue. I can hear you. I can see you. I can be available to you. And if they're open to that, you want to go ahead and say, I would love for us to listen to this together. Maybe once you listen to this, you can share with me some of the things that you took away, what you heard, and then we can create a game plan together on some strategies that we can work on to better understand one another. That's going to help us both become the best versions of ourselves. All right, parents, I want you to do that. Make sure you go back on this episode, bring your kid in and let them know that it's not about me trying to tell you what to do. It's about me opening up a conversation so that I can make sure things are going okay and you have the freedoms to talk as well and express as well. It's important as adults, before we even get into this, that we begin to own our own stuff because we cannot be available for our youth If we're not owning our own emotions and behaviors and really putting ego aside and and allowing people to be human, because you are as well. A lot of times what I see is parents in this authority role, authority figure, and maybe because that's how they were parented. It's one way, my way or the highway. We show up in this energy of authority, demanding, controlling, and kids feel that. So they shut down. They rebel. They turn away. They close off. That's not what we want. You want your kids to be open, to be expressive, to be free, to be independent. But some of the ways that we go about trying to open up this door of communication sends them in the opposite direction and they don't talk at all. They shut down. So it's going to be important as we talk about this that we're going to talk about some tips and strategies that opens up that door so we can make sure we're checking in on the mental health and seeing what things are normal but may also need to be addressed. But we do that in a way that both people and everybody involved feels seen. So let's talk about it. Um, when we talk about what seemed as normal and what seems to be some things we need to check in on, we don't have to really figure out. We want to make sure we're still putting consequences in place for actions that we're doing. So what I'm going to talk about today is not giving people a green light or a pass to just act or behave any kind of way. We still want to set boundaries. We still want to have consequences. But you don't want to pick up and fight battles that don't necessarily need to be fought. So having a clear understanding of what it is that you're dealing with is key here. So we all know adolescents go through an awkward stage. There are these awkward stages between childhood and adulthood that and adulthood that oftentimes leave our kids feeling more moody. They're resentful. They could be curious. They can be fearful and they can be confused. So you have to recognize that your children are going through this stage where they don't even know what's going on. Okay, so they may portray themselves as more mature. They know more than you do. They're fighting for their independence and their freedoms. You don't know anything. So they're going through this stage alongside of what you're viewing as them going through this stage where they're not really sure who they are either. But they're normally screaming for freedom and independence and they're paying less attention to the advice that you're giving. So, parents, I want you to know it's not abnormal 
that if you wake up and you look into your child's bedroom and you're trying to figure out who in the world is this kid and how did you get into my home and what did you do with my little girl and my little boy that we used to snuggle with, have conversations with, it was cool for me to go out to lunch with you and now they want nothing to do with you, right? So that's not abnormal either that you wake up and you're not even sure who you're in the same household with. So go ahead and let that be clear. You are not alone in that because it's kind of like you're walking on a chill. Some days are great. Next days are not. But knowing that your kids are feeling the same thing, but they're not even sure how to express that, how to verbalize that, especially if communication is not a familiarity in your home. So if you're a parent that hasn't really talked much about feelings or emotions or opening up the door in conversation for us to talk about some of these things that are coming up. Don't expect your kid to know how to do that either. They may be modeling the same way that they see you handling things. They may be walking off. They may be rolling their eyes. They may be getting frustrated. They may be exhibiting some of that same behavior. So we have to be open to the idea that we have to change some of our own stuff so that it allows them to process to do the same, allows them to grow through this. Okay. So, We're going to talk now about a few things that you can expect to see from your teenagers. And then we're going to talk about tips that you can do for yourself at home. You can practice this with your family and really begin to kind of set up some new boundaries and new means of communication so that it can change the dynamic of your household. So one of the very first things that is really seen as a normal teenage behavior is moodiness and irritability. Moodiness and irritability. And when I start talking about the typical and normal uh, behaviors and emotions of teens, don't expect these to be pleasant and happy-go-lucky emotions, okay? Most of the time, they're not. Moodiness and irritability is a big one. Kids being verbally aggressive, meaning especially boys at this time, hormones are changing, teens are wanting more independence, and their freedoms, they're, they're lashing out. They're oftentimes not so nice with their words. They don't use the best tone of voice. They're very argumentative and oftentimes hard to get along with. And they're very difficult to make happy. And so when they're told no, a lot of times you may see these behaviors escalate. Why? Why not? The talking back, the attitude, the rolling of the eyes. So those things are really normal for teenagers to do. They're not getting their way. Somebody's cramping their style. So they may not respond in the best ways all the time. That does take time. But when it becomes a problem, so when it becomes a situation that's not necessarily normal or typical anymore is when it becomes abusive, when it becomes more controlling, physically, verbally abusive or controlling to themselves or somebody else. That can be a sign that more may be going on underneath the surface. And you want to make sure that you are taking the necessary precautions of that, because if that's not under control over time, that can get them in a world of trouble. Remember, our behaviors and have consequences. And so this is not eliminating responsibility here. This is just talking about things that may come up, but they are still consequences for your actions. But knowing that if it's going to another level where they're being more abusive physically, verbally, emotionally abusive to you or somebody else or themselves, there may be some underlying issues going on there that you want to seek additional support for. Poor decision making and low impulse control is another one that's very common and normal uh, for teenagers. Teenagers have low level of control, especially with their impulses. Their brain is still developing. 
So they have this brain that's still not fully developed and it won't be fully developed until about 25, 27 years old. That frontal lobe executive functions, which is responsible for our impulse control, our decision making, our thinking ahead, our organizing, our impulses. Those things are the last thing that come into development. And that's a lot of the trouble that we see our kids getting themselves into. They're making quick decisions. They're not thinking before they act. They're not in control of their emotions. They're not using their time wisely. That is pretty normal. That's pretty normal. Most kids are really just not able to think or see the bigger picture in terms of what's going on right in front of them. They're in the moment. They're a Ferrari with no brakes. But when it becomes out of control and when it becomes something that you want to make sure you're paying attention to, if your teen is doing things to put themselves and other people in harm's way consistently, Ferrari with no brakes and continuously running into these walls and not really able to press the gas and get control over themselves and learn how to cope emotionally, that may be a sign that there's more going on underneath the surface. So just so you know, statistically, mental health issues and mental illnesses really begin to show and manifest themselves in teenage and adolescent years between 14 and 17 years old. That's a lot of times where these mental illness issues really begin to pop up. And impulse control issues can look like ADD, ADHD. So a lot of times that diagnosis is given where there's lack of control, impulsivity, poor decision making, easily distracted, which can really lead to detrimental behaviors down the road if we're not getting that addressed. So if you are seeing those things spike and pick up, that's a great time to get additional support. Okay. Isolation is another one. Isolation is normal for teens to not want to really always spend time with their family members. Um, A lot of times teens want to have time alone and time to themselves and not really engage with family. But if your teen is withdrawing from other social connections, maybe they have a small peer group, one or two friends that they normally always hang out with. If you're seeing them really kind of back away from their closer friendships You want to start to pay attention if they're not interested in hanging out, not only with you, but they're not interested in hanging out with that peer group. That may be a sign that something else is going on. Okay, there could be some underlying depression happening or something like that going on. So you want to make sure that you're reaching out to the right licensed professionals to get support in this area. All right. It's normal for them to not always want to be up under you to Netflix and chill with your mom and dad. They want to do that with other people. And if they're not doing that and they normally do that. You want to pay attention if they're sleeping more. This is a big one because kids need sleep. They're growing so quickly, especially between that growth spurt spurt age. Um, They need a lot of sleep between ages 14 and 17. It's a big growth spurt happening. They sleep harder and they sleep longer. And so you may be wondering, why is my kid sleeping all the time? They come home, sun up to sundown. I find them in the bed. They're sleeping all the time. But if they're engaging, if they're still getting up, if they're doing their normal daily activities, if they're going to their sport or hanging out with their friends, getting their work done, and they still are just kind of tired and exhausted, that's a normal teenage behavior. They're growing and changing. Their body needs more rest to recover. Those things are normal. Okay, sleeping more, sleeping harder, sleeping longer. That's normal for teens. They need more sleep. But if you start to notice extremely low energy levels. They're no longer interested in that sport they play, that activity, that environment that they normally hung out in, that friend group. If you start to see them once again withdraw from that, there could be some underlying depression or some other things going on. So if your kid is not only sleeping all the time, but they're withdrawing from social activities, they don't have any energy to get anything else done. 
there may be a sign that something else is happening. So we want to seek support. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Concern about physical appearance is another one. That's a big one. What kids aren't nowadays concerned about physical appearance as they get older it's completely normal for them to be more concerned about how they look if they're fitting in what brands they're wearing they may be spending more time fixing their hair in the mirror on tiktok creating different photos i mean so that physical appearance thing starts to really kind of take on in that teenage years so it's not um, abnormal to see that kind of happening but if you start to notice changes in your adolescent's physical appearance Meaning if they're starting to drop a lot of weight drastically, if they're starting to gain a lot of weight drastically. So on both ends of the spectrum there, you want to make sure if their eating habits are changing, they're not hungry. They're not eating in front of you, but you're not even sure that they're eating at lunch or they stop eating altogether. That's a great time and a great sign that something else may be going on. Eating disorders really begin to show up in our adolescents and teenagers. So you want to pay attention to what is the physical appearance of your child looking like? Has there been a drastic change suddenly? Are they wearing bigger baggy clothes so that they're kind of hiding what's going on underneath there? So just begin to pay attention um, on what you're seeing and what you're noticing. And kids, for yourself, if you're noticing your appetite's changing, you're not really that hungry, something else is going on, that could be a sign of something underlying, some anxiety, some depression happening there as well. Low self-esteem. Teenagers are at an awkward stage. Low self-esteem is common because they're always socially comparing themselves to other people. Um, and if your child is constantly speaking down about themselves, they're not happy with who they are. They don't feel good enough. That is going to be detrimental to their mental health. Again, that's going to be something that can bring them down and cause depression. So you want to keep an eye on that. Being socially awkward, not feeling more confident about themselves because they are going through a lot of hormonal changes is normal. So they may have some things that they're not comfortable with. But if it becomes negative self-talk, self-harm, things of that nature, you want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on that because that is something that needs to be taken care of. One more before I give us some tips on how to deal with this. Grades and social uh, grades and schoolwork. This is a big one. I have a lot of questions about this. Most kids don't want to do schoolwork. They don't want to take tests. They're not really excited to do that. Some students are. Some students love school. But if your kid is one that's like, I really just don't want to do my work. I really just don't feel like doing homework. That's not necessarily abnormal. They don't just don't want to do it. But if you're starting to see extreme anxiety, uh, meltdowns and panic when it comes time to do schoolwork, if they're shying away, if they're having extreme anxiety and fear about getting this work done, there may be some other challenges going on underneath the surface that they're not even sure how to connect with. There may be some learning issues, processing issues that are causing them some emotional issues to come up. So going in to seek a specialist would be very good at that time so they don't have to struggle with doing school. OK, that can be a process and transition that's not so challenging for them. So what do we do? How do we begin to open up this door of communication when we're starting to see things that are kind of normal, but slipping into this place and space that's kind of concerning for parents? But also kids are probably at this awkward stage that they want more information on how to support themselves. Well, what I want us to do is, is a tip that I want to give. I call this I, the letter I, C, the letter C, U. I see you. OK, and I'm not talking about the intensive care unit or I could be depending on the severity of where your kids are in this time and what we're talking about. But I'm talking about intentions, check ins and understandings. So the I is for intentions. we got to be intentional. 
And if you're listening right now with your child, the first step is to open up this door of communication and understanding, letting them know that you're there for them, letting them know that you want them to be happy. They can talk to you. You can listen without always having something to say and that you guys could begin to open up a door for a more trusting and understanding relationship. Okay, so you want to create a comfortable form of communication together. And this is a great time for you and your team to be able to sit down as you're listening to this. I'll give you some tools on how to do that, that you can start to really go through a place where you guys can talk more and open up this door, not necessarily them having to talk. Talking doesn't have to be verbal, but that you begin to be intentional about what it is that you want to have happen here. So the first thing is intentions. I think it's important for you and your teen to know what your intentions are. And for teenagers, if you're listening and you're like, Tracy, what is an intention? I'm not even sure what that means. Your intention just means how you want things or how you mean for things to come across. Okay. What are you meaning to have happen by the behavior you're displaying or by the words that you're saying? What do you mean for people to take from that? For example, if you let them know that your main focus for your teenager is for them to be happy. So parents, just let them know that my, my main focus and agenda for you is to be healthy and happy. That's what I intend for you. I don't mean to be a nag. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I don't mean to be so uh, bombarded over you that you feel like you can't breathe, like I'm suffocating you. I just want you to be safe and happy. And your teenager may not really have the language or all the words that are important for them, but it's important for you as teens to also acknowledge that, no, I'm not always in the best moods. I may not always say things in the right tone or the correct way. I may walk off and roll my eyes at times, but sometimes I just want to be left alone. And sometimes I wish you wouldn't worry so much about me. Sometimes I would like a little bit more freedom. So pause and ask yourself questions, parents and teens. Does that sound about right? Is that really what you intend? Parents, do you want your kid to be independent? Do you want your kid to be happy? Do you want your kid to be safe? Do you want your kid to be resilient and able to bounce back after their mistakes? You're probably saying yes, right? Kids, do you want to be independent? Want to have some freedoms? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be safe? Do you want to be able to experience life and freedom and not have your parents on your back all the time? You're probably saying yes. So you guys are wanting the same thing, but a lot of times how we come at this can seem like you're pushing one another away. So the communication is getting lost. So you want to make sure that with this eye, you're being intentional about what it is that you mean to happen and what it is that you mean to come across. And it's okay to express that. Your C is for check-in. You want to create check-ins. All right. You want to create ways that you guys agree as a family unit that we're going to check in with each other on a weekly basis. Now, check ins for your team. You have to be creative, guys, because we know kids don't want to sit down and talk and have this long kumbaya session holding hands. They're not going to want to do that. They don't want to talk to you. Right. Some kids enjoy talking to their parents, but most are like, no, mom, I'm good. Dad, I'm good. I don't need to talk to you. But you do want to create a system and a place and a space that their safety can happen and they can open up a conversation. So get creative. Create a system in which check-ins are possible, and that check-in can be done as a physical activity. Maybe you say there's going to be once a week that we spend time doing something, moving our bodies, getting outside, doing a family activity together. That can be our time where we just spend time. How are we doing? Scale of one to 10, what you got? How you feeling? That's just our way and our language. Maybe you send me an emoji. You let me know what's going on. We're going to create a system that we can check in with one another because we know we're okay. And I think that should be done together, guys. 
a physical activity is awesome when it comes to getting connected and grounded with your loved one. Doing something physical together can bring you guys together in a way that you don't even know. So create check-ins throughout the week, just once. Last one is understanding. Understanding allows for forgiveness of self and others. We have to really begin to know that understanding comes in many forms. Okay, understanding for one another, understanding that some days may be more challenging than others, understanding that this is only a moment. It will pass. It's not the end of the world. Understanding you can bounce back from this. We can talk about this. There's nothing you can say or do that's going to change how I feel about you. So allowing that understanding to be said and expressed and known is huge right here. Because as parents, if you can begin to understand that these kids are going through a tough time, as kids, if you can begin to understand you're going through a tough time, it will pass. We can get through it. With that understanding comes forgiveness, which allows us to make changes. All right. I see you. I see you. I'm intentional about what I'm saying. I'm checking in on your mental health and I'm checking in on my mental health. I'm understanding that we're all human. We're going to make mistakes, but we can grow through it together. We got to build mentally fit communities, family. Okay, and that starts with us coming to the table, recognizing what's normal, what's not, but creating a space and a place that we have something to do about it. I want you guys to visit TracyAustin.com if you need additional support. We are a team of licensed professionals. We can help. We also have technology that allows us to see what exactly the brain is doing in real time. So if you want to go deeper with your child's mental health, let them get brain mapped. Allow them to see what their brain is doing and understand that for themselves so they can begin to make these changes on a necessary basis. Okay, detecting teens mental health. We can do this together. I want my Mental Fitness Matters community to go out and shine bright like the stars that you are. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Have a great week. more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters.